It's the only podcast compatible with a Logitech steering wheel. It's the This Game Where podcast with me, Chris, and... Me, Ashley. Hello. That sounds like one of my ones, what I wrote for you. But it's uh, not, is it? No, because you've not written any of these, have you? No, I haven't written any of these for you. These not are all, the ones that you've used yet, anyway. These are all completely ad-libbed off the top of my head. Oh, are they? Is that, is no. that what is... I, okay. They, they started off being ad-libbed, but I've, I've had to start writing them down when I think when I think of one while doing my teeth or something. So I've chosen this one about steering wheel for reasons that will become apparent as we progress through the episode. Have you had oh, a look have you? have you had a look at the price of Logitech steering wheels or steering wheel peripherals in general? Well I don't need to have a look. I know that they are obscene. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my friend when I was young young young, let like less I was less than eleven of the years. Yeah, um, I, mean, I was less than 11 years old. It's an unusual way to say that, but go on. Mainly because I don't remember how old I was, so I can't say I was nine or whatever. Right. I know that it was before I went to secondary school, which is why 11. Right. There you go. Is that is that a fair enough explanation of why I used yeah. less than 11? Yeah, better now. Thanks. Good. It makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was less than 11 years old, as, as the story goes, and I had a friend who was younger than me, and he was well into... I, I don't understand this at all, but well into Formula One, as, right. as a lot of people are. Mm. Very odd. Very odd choice. But he had an N64, and he, his dad, his mum and dad, bought him like a full setup for racing, which at the time wasn't what the full setups for, for racing are now. Like, mm-hmm. if you get a full setup for racing, you often have like a racing chair and mm. like a proper shift, gear shift stick or whatever. And uh, yeah, like full-size steering wheel or whatever. But anyway... Um, she, they bought him this N64 steering wheel for his, his Formula One game and stick and whatnot. And it cost more than £120. Right. Okay. I, I remember being gobsmacked because that was like his main... I mean, one, it was 120 odd quid and it was his main birthday present. So 120 quid for your main birthday present seems absurd to yes, me. Yes, it does. Yeah. I've never never heard the like. And then on top of that, it's 120 pounds for a, for a toy steering wheel. Yeah. Which that's, is... That's my main umbrage with them is the fact that you're, you're paying for these things. And who, who are you kidding? Like, it's not a realistic experience. And it's just like you say, it's a, it's a bit of plastic at the end of the day. It's not, I don't know. I'm getting the feel that we're talking about a a racing game. Well, today possibly yes. The ones I looked at today, just just to settle that argument as well. The ones I looked at today were upwards of two hundred pounds. Right. Okay. So I before you tell me what game, then I'll say this. So you said about the realism side of things. Mm -hmm. I do believe, though, haven't experienced because I'm not massively into to to start things off on a on a good footing i'm not massively into like the realistic racing games um so if you brought one of those you're in trouble but i am of the understanding that things like the most realistic games they actually they they provide quite a realistic experience and that is probably why people are actually paying 200 odd pounds for a for a setup because in terms of the dynamics full immersion yeah and the physics of the of the games Mm. you are actually getting something that is quite advanced in terms of simulation well so you'll know i haven't actually i haven't named any games just in case it was the game that you were doing yeah (laughs) well i said in last week's episode about this being a game that in my opinion swapped realism for fun but uh oh yeah so i forgot that you'd said that actually i i would have uh subconscious possibly so this week it's this game where you race real cars it's a playstation exclusive and it was the highest rated racing game of all time on game rankings. Mm, yeah. I'm not going to enjoy this, am I? What do you um, think it is? It's, Gra- it's Gran Turismo. I presume it's Gran Turismo. There's obviously Ridge Racer, which is the other one on the PlayStation. But It's Gran Turismo. And if it's any comfort, I'm not going to enjoy it either because I don't like Gran Turismo. Oh, phew. This is going to be a good episode. Yes. Yeah, Strap <laughs> str- str- yourselves in. <laughs> so what, what? Right. You don't like You don't like Gran Turismo. Um, you presumably owned this game. Yes, I did. Yeah, I got this when I was, I think, twelve when I first got my PlayStation. That was a my no thirteenth birthday it would have been when I had my PlayStation and I was sort of going through the back catalogue and picking up on ga- picking up games that had come out. And for the for the for my thirteenth birthday, I got both Final Fantasy VII and Gran Turismo, both in the platinum range. Oh, that's I mean, Final Fantasy VII is great, but I presume that Gran Turismo lost out in that battle. One hundred percent, it did. 
But it's, I, mm. I wanted I wanted to board the hype train. I wanted to see what all the buzz was about because yeah. everyone at school, I don't know it's like around your neck of the woods, but everyone at school, you know, talking about Gran Turismo, yeah, about how great it was. And that, that persisted for months and months. So I wanted to see if it had any impact on me at all. Well, funnily enough, they weren't actually talking about Gran Turismo. People were, well... I say people, as much as there was any chatter in the playground when Gran Turismo came out, because I was obviously like, I was less than 11 years old at the time. I was, I think I was probably about eight or nine. Uh, what, what year was it? Oh, well, it came out uh, December 1997 in Japan and yeah. everywhere else it came out in May 1998. So it didn't take long for it to come out yeah. in the platinum range. So uh, yeah, I was, I mean, I was getting on for 10. I was, uh, yeah. I was knocking up against 10 years old, so still less than 11. Gran Turismo Pro would not have been on your radar. Or anybody else's around around no. me. But what I do remember is Ridge Racer. So Ridge Racer is, from what I remember, I have actually played Ridge Racer. I haven't played Gran Turismo, interestingly, the original. Okay. I've played more recent iterations, but I haven't played the original. I've played Ridge Racer, and I remember Ridge Racer being on Newsround, and there was quite a Ferrari around Ridge Racer. Right. Do you remember any of that? No, not at all. No, I can't even remember why, so I can't <laughs> go into any great detail about what it was. But what a great you story. asked me whether Gran Turismo was on my radar, and no, it wasn't. Ridge Racer very definitely was there. Right. What would have been on my radar was things like Destruction Derby, which was mm. an early PlayStation. Yeah, good call. Classic. Um, I suppose Destruction Derby was introduced with the PlayStation and then there was two or three sequels and then it like died a death. Yeah, it just it fell off completely. a cliff, disappeared completely. But It got destroyed. It would have also been up my alley that more so than Gran Turismo because I, I prefer arcade racing or, or driving experiences personally. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I'm, I'm the same. I, this probably wouldn't have been the first racing game I'd ever played, but it was definitely, I, I'd already knew at this point, I didn't like it because of this realism. Obviously, you owned the game. Yeah. You've you've professed to not liking it. Yeah. Uh, quite viscerally already. So why are we talking about it today? I want to settle an old beef. I want to see if 20 years after release, I actually do enjoy it now. I am hesitant because the last time I tried this was Stargate, and that ended yeah. up being a steaming pile of dog eggs. So um, I was wondering if this was some kind of like exorcism, like a video game <laughs> exorcism, to get rid of demons that you've been carrying around since <laughs> since childhood no, because no. of this game. I just want to play it and not be bored because my overriding memory of playing it when I was okay. younger is that it is really boring. Right. So, yeah, well, that to me is racing. Motorsport in general is just boring. In particular, track-based motorsports like Formula Ones and Moto Grand Prix and things, where you're just watching them go round and round. And can you imagine going to see like a Formula One and just be and being in the stand and just watching every so often a car go past you, super fast, so fast that you can't really see. That's the one. Like that. <laughs> Yeah, I, you pay so much money to do that. I there don't understand. I've just do it for free. Bit of Doppler effect you for have, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have you ever been seeing? People pay for that. Have you ever been seeing it in real life? I'm guessing not. What? Like racing of any sort? No, I wouldn't even consider. I just remember while you were talking, I once went to see a destruction derby when I was about 19 or 20. Mm. And it was this, this... Was it bangers? Yeah, it was in a stadium near mm. Peterborough. And it was all like bangers and monster trucks and racing with caravans. And it, it starts off being quite fun. But like you've just said, it just ended up being, you know, okay, I've, I've seen them go on a couple of times now. It doesn't really get any different. And I also remember getting covered with mud because of all the little specks getting flying up as they were whizzing past. Lovely. Yeah. Nice. I suppose you don't get, at least you don't get that from Formula One. Maybe no. that's why people go for that more than bangers. So I've already said a few times how dull I found this game. And mm. I remembered while doing my research earlier that in particular, I didn't get, I mean, I was only 12 or 13 when I got this, or 13, it was my 13th birthday. And I had no interest, still have no interest in racing or cars at all. To me, I know people really like buying cars or you know, having a car or whatever. To yeah. me, a car is something to get me from point A to point B. I find shopping for cars or buying a car stressful and boring. I remember, distinctly remember playing this, trying to use the manual gears to shift down to go around the corner and then shift back up to come out of it. And I just had no understanding of what was going on at all. No. It's maybe telling I now drive a hybrid car that doesn't have any gears. It just goes. Maybe there's some correlation there between, right. <laughs> between the two. So you don't have to actually relive the experience of Gran Turismo. Is that what you're saying? That's great. That's what you with, you purchased. Yeah. With this, you just put it into 
go mode and just go it's great i've driven one i borrowed one when we had ours in for mot in service and they are i think the driving experience in an automatic is great yeah <laughs> it's yeah. very uh it's very straightforward everything's very straightforward I, I really would not now i mean this is getting dangerous to into top gear but now it's, if i had the choice i would never go back to a manual car no well at, this, at some point very soon or relatively soon we're gonna have no choice anyway because yeah true obviously everything's moving towards ele- electric vehicles and electric vehicles can't operate man on manual gearboxes they have to be uh, automatic i mean lefties spoiling everyone's fun lefties yeah oh right okay you mean actual you mean politically You're yeah not, not like left-handers <laughs> no i had no idea what the correlation was all between the, left-handed people and all the, the the green party swampy and that spoiling it for everyone well let's not get into politics <laughs> I had exactly the same experience with racing games as a child. I didn't understand the idea of a manual gearbox either or what it meant to shift up and down. Great. I, I, don't, I don't know how... Who who was it at eight or nine years old that was playing these games going, yeah, I know exactly how to operate a manual gearbox? I'm sure there were some children. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure my neighbour, the one that got a £200, £120, it had the pedals and everything. So presumably yeah. he knew how to, to operate them, which presumably would have given him a bit of an edge when he went to do his driving test anyway <laughs> presumably yeah i mean actually you, yeah. you... in all seriousness in all seriousness when i was learning to drive i think that having played video games having played computer games did give me a bit more of a like a, an idea of how to drive because mm. you've got I, I always explain it as like you know like user interfaces that yeah. and and hoods that appear on um screens and then you've got uh, in a car you've got your three mirrors and you've got your dashboard, and it's just like a it's, yeah. it's like a video game hood. And knowing that you can move your your head around and look at places was sort of an intuitive thing because I've been playing games so long. Well, there's actually a couple of interesting anecdotes that link exactly into that story that I found during my research today. So, okay, this game was developed by the team are now called Polyphony Digital, but originally when they developed this game were a Sony development team called Polis Entertainment. And obviously, you know, this game was incredibly successful. It sold 10.85 million copies worldwide. Woo! Yeah, that's a lot of cars. Yeah, it's a lot of cars. Well, 150 cars that can be played in the game. Although I seem to recall, so there's a hundred. Is that one and a half billion? Oh my god! Have I just done the wrong maths? Uh, It's a lot. Ten million. It's a large. Ten million times 150. Yeah, that sounds that sounds fair. As part of the success with this game, Nissan approached the development team in I think it was 2012 or 2013 and wanted them to design the dashboard, like all the the details on the dashboard for this this specific car, because they wanted it to be streamlined and efficient, just like quote the menus in Gran Turismo are. Right. What was the car? Some Nissan. I mean. You know, <laughs> it's just some Nissan, mate. It's just some Nissan. Even trying to research this, I was really trying to trying hard to to drum up interest and and failing miserably. I remember my cousin quizzing me on the brands of cars that existed. Right. I had no idea. I didn't no. even know. I barely knew what a car was. <laughs> like, and he was asking me what a Nissan. What does a Nissan badge look like? And I was like, I don't fucking know. Oh, I, I, what does Audi look like? What's that? <laughs> you mean audio? <laughs> I still have no idea what a Nissan patch looks like. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I I know red cars and blue cars. Yeah, that's pretty much my uh, my uh, interesting cars as well. What does a Nissan badge look like? Is it stars or is that Subaru? I think that's Subaru. No idea. Is this going to be a good? Is this going to be good podcasting? <laughs> this is great content, isn't it? Hey, everybody! What does the Nissan Micra badge look like? <laughs> we actually had a Nissan Micra. We had a Nissan Micra. We owned one. That was Hannah's first car. You still can't remember. I couldn't tell you what the badge looks like. I mean, I don't think this car that was developed in conjunction with Polyphony D- Digital was a Nissan Micra. I think it was something a bit more. You don't think it was the Micra? No. Hmm. I mean, it's quite streamlined. Mm. So the other story linked to what you just said is the Gran Turismo Academy, which which is a driver discovery program that was launched in 2008, which you sign up and do, I think it's online, and you basically race round tracks in Gran Turismo, and then people are cherry-picked to then go to do it in real life and um, are then trained up and there's people who are now genuinely really good world-class drivers who have come through this Gran Turismo Academy which is pretty cool. Yeah when I was talking to you about the realism and some games being actually quite realistic in terms of the physics the game that I was thinking of was Gran Turismo. The series is renowned for its realistic driving experience so I don't know how it will (laughs) how that will 
translate for the PlayStation. I don't know how realistic it is then, but it was probably cutting edge at the time. Certainly the more recent iterations of Gran Turismo, not GT Sport, because GT Sport, I believe, is a little bit more... Is that the online one? It's, I don't know if it's the online one, but I think the way I understand it, again, this is someone that hasn't really, hasn't played GT Sport or the, or the latest Gran Turismo, but the way I understand it is that GT Sport is sort of like the Forza Horizon of the Gran Turismo franchise, right. so a little bit more a little bit less realistic okay i could have that completely wrong though so if i have let me know what i was going to say though was in terms of so you said about the gran turismo academy Mm -hmm. the reason that i think i know about how realistic the courses are and how realistic the physics are and everything is because there was a have you ever watched top gear i'm about to shame myself i've watched bits of it in passing but I mean, it's a program about cars hosted by people that don't really engage me. Let's put it politely. So it, yeah. it's um, yeah. it, 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 it's not for me. I had a phase. Please don't let this diminish me in your eyes. That matters a lot to me. Yeah, apparently so. Is this where you come out as a, as a Clarkson head or something? Mm, not really that. Not No, not really. Uh, but I did have a phase of watching Top Gear. I don't really know why. Possibly to give me something to talk about with my brother. Right. Who was well into it. But it must take a sad turn. They there. actually did a Gran Turismo uh, comparison. So they did they did one, they did a course, and then they went on the exact same course in actual oh, okay. real cars and, and tried to see if timings and the turns and things in the game felt on par with the real the real life experience and their conclusion was that it was pretty close mm. so well top gear magazine said in 2017 it was the best driving game ever hmm yeah, so if you're into that kind of thing, it is the, the essential game for you, isn't it, really, I suppose? And while the realism, the word we keep using, the realism is what turned me off, that's what people liked because it meant they could drive the, the, the Nissan Skyline or uh, whatever, all these amazing cars they would never have a chance to do in real life. Or even if they did have a chance to do in real life, obviously it's then there's an element, element of danger or risk or the fact you've got to actually physically go to these places and pay quite a lot to race these cars. A lot, a lot, you, You've yeah. then got a, a means to do that in what, as you've just said there, is quite a realistic setting for the cost of a game. Yeah, exactly. So I appreciate it in that regard. I think that it's um, it's quite egalitarian almost in a way, isn't it? It's uh, bringing people onto an equal footing. Although obviously not because you're not driving a McLaren around the Nürburgring, are you? You are just holding your PlayStation controller in front of you on your sofa. Well, you said about that side of it. You do start off with um, like a car you might imagine like your uncle driving or something. It does start off with fairly bog standard cars that you work your way up to which again i think is quite a nice touch that's a bit of a thing in in racing games though isn't it because obviously midnight club does that midnight club la yeah true burnout paradise does that to some extent uh, forza horizon does that to some extent and uh, i think it's just a way to provide like to bring progression to the proceedings but was this potentially the first game to do that coming out in 1997 oh, oh right so you mean gran turismo the first one yeah oh okay cool i mean i don't know Maybe. Yeah. It could be. Could well be. Could be setting the template. Yeah. In that case, well done, Gran Turismo. <laughs> it took five years to complete the game. They started making it in 1992, and it had surprisingly a small development team at any given point there were between 7 to 15 people working on the game and you've just mentioned the you know sat playing it on your playstation holding your controller this is the first game to fully support the dual shock which again i think is possibly part of the reason why people liked it was because of that rumble that feedback it was the very first game was it yeah very first one to Right, that. so uh, I thought Ape Escape was. Yeah, see, I think Ape Escape was the one, the first one where you had to have the dual shock in order to play it. Whereas this one was one where if supported you supported ha- yeah, it, exactly. Right, okay. I yeah, because Ape Escape, that was, uh, for anyone that doesn't know Ape Escape, it was one where you had to use the two sticks, and it was a platform game. You had to catch these apes that had escaped. Unsurprisingly, the left stick controls your character's movement, and then the right stick, you then had all these gadgets you could equip, and you had to use the right stick to swing the item around so when he has a net to catch the apes you had to move the right stick and it, it matched the character the character matched your uh, movements in game it was a great game that was it's like a proto wii yeah sort yeah, of experience to remember it, to think of the, it. The, the stick mimics what what you do or supposed to mimic what you do with the net oh uh, picking you up then on 1992 if it was being developed in 1992 for five years that must mean that actually this was destined for the ill-fated sony and nintendo console i wanted that and went down a little bit of a rabbit hole trying to find that out as an answer i couldn't find anything conclusive because i was then thinking what's 
that mean the PlayStation was in development from 1992? But um, I, I couldn't find any answers for that. But obviously, the Nintendo PlayStation was mm. in development at that time, I think, but not the PlayStation PlayStation, not the not what we ended up with. So that's an interesting mm. little insight. And the series has subsequently gone on. There are now six main games in the series, and. Gran Turismo mm. 7 is due for PS5 next year, 2022. There's been a few spin-offs as well. And then there was a game I'd never heard of before, which attempted to replicate the Gran Turismo formula, but for motorbikes, called Toys Trophy, which came out on the PS2 in 2006. You're pulling a baffled okay. face. No idea. Yeah, no. that passed me by as well. The game itself, there are only actually two modes in the game. There is the arcade mode, which is as the... Uh, name would suggest is free mode you can choose whatever car you want whatever course you yeah. want and just go through great fun and then okay a little bit misleading though isn't it because it's not an arcade mm, exactly this is a simulation yeah precisely and then the other mode unbelievable the other mode is gran turismo mode which is where you have to earn licenses gran turismo mode nice do, trick. do you know what gran turismo means because i didn't know that until today either uh the grand tour ah <sighs> Yes, it does. In Italian. Yeah. How on earth do you know that? Uh, because it's obvious. Mm. Is it? Yeah. Well, um, it's a romance language. I know a fair amount of French and I'm getting there with Spanish. Right. So yeah. you sort of put them together. Okay. Well, wasn't you. I had no idea. I don't want to start speaking Spanish or French on the podcast because I'll feel really embarrassed. <laughs> but the, the word for grand or big is basically the same word in Spanish, Italian, and French. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because they share so. the same root. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just I just think of a gran, an old lady. <laughs> okay. Cool. I'm trying to be all, like, like highfalutin. You're like, yes, it just reminds me of my grandma. Yeah, it does. Gran, <laughs> gran Turismo. Like, an old lady yeah. racing around. I also... Oh, we can go see Gran Turismo today, mummy. I mean, that's not how I talk, but... Um, I also got very confused. No, I wasn't talking about. I was. I was being. I was being Mrs. Turismo's son. Right. Okay. Mrs. Turismo. What's her name? Mrs. Talking Turismo. to his mum, trying to go see Gran 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 Turismo. I also got very confused when I was younger between this game and Grand Theft Auto because of them both beginning with a very similar first word. <laughs> okay. Cool. I mean, there's nothing more to say about that, is there? No. It's just very typically you. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't know about Gran Turismo. Uh, there, there we go. Perfect example. I didn't know really very much about Grand, Tor- uh, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto until I was in secondary school, and I'm pretty sure it came out in 1999, didn't it? Or Ooh. was it before that? 97, 97, the first one. No, I can remember when I was in was year, year seven, so it must have been uh, 97 it came out, and I can remember uh, someone bringing his copy into school and pulling out his bag like an illicit, like, oh, look, look what I've got, and me being, me being all like, oh, it's, it's got an 18 on the front, you shouldn't play that, should you? What a nerd. <laughs> Yeah, well, I had Perfect Dark when I was not 18, because I'm a bit risky, you know. What cool kid. Bit of a dodgy dodgy dealer. Yeah, cool kid, if you like. But not cool kid, is it? Because nobody would look at someone holding Perfect Dark <laughs> out of their bag, and then a, a guy holding Grand Theft Auto out of their bag and go, hey, that Perfect Dark guy, he's the cool kid. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. Would they? They'd, obviously, Perfect Dark were, and the N64 were the kid in the corner of the room having a really good time playing the better games. Mm-hmm. While everyone else m- masturbated over the PlayStation. Yeah, and Grand Theft Auto, I'd never re-rated either, the first one. Uh, I quite enjoyed it, but again, I didn't pay any money for it, so... Uh... Oh, there you go. And also, let's just cover our backs. Of course, you should not be playing a game that's got an age rating on the front if you are not that age, should you, Ashley? Yeah, no. I'm 33. I stopped playing 18s ages ago, because, you know, unfortunately, they don't really make any games with 33 on the front. I don't know, make so any. So I'm a bit stuck. Yeah. No. You're just restri- I have to make my own. You're just restricted to play Mario Golf. Some, yeah. <laughs> I told you that in confidence. Sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I do make my own covers that have got a 33 on, just so I, if I'm really desperate to play a particular game, I'll do that. But otherwise... <laughs> the thing is, I can believe that. Maybe maybe some yeah. of our fans could could mock up some artwork for us with 33 on or something. That'd be lovely. It would be, yeah. Uh, so just to wrap up this first half then, the Gran Turismo mode, this is the whole thing with where you have to earn licenses to then qualify for I thought for we agreed events. we were calling it Gran Turismo mode. All right. Gran Turismo mode, which is... And, and that was the thing that stymied me. I just couldn't get into it because I struggled to earn that first whatever thing it was. 
then it, yeah. then the rest of the game was gated off and I, I remember even having to get a friend around just to, to play it for me and then he was just sat playing on playstation and it's a one-player game I, at least I, I don't think he had a two-player mode or maybe i don't have a second controller anyway it does have a two-player mode oh there you go well for whatever reason <laughs> maybe i even have a second controller in fact i did have a second controller i probably just didn't even want to play it to that extent so i can remember him oh. him sat playing it and going through the career mode for me and me sat in my bed reading a horrible histories book cool yep yep <laughs> I was, I was that like literally so cool. <laughs> we, we, we both had some revelations tonight about our cool childhoods, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We should probably not dwell on that too much. Should we go and play Gran Turismo and see if it's actually aged well and is brilliant? Yeah, let's go and play some Gran Turismo. The thing is, just we know how to drive now. True. So we might actually be able to hold these manual gearboxes. Yeah, and that's again handle them. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping I'm going to have a revelation and really like this game and finally see what the fuss is. I'm really hoping it's not another Stargate or Little Nemo. I, you have. me too. Please, yeah, exactly. So yeah, fingers crossed. We'll see. Pile of bullshit, Chris. Wow. Thanks for that. You've got in hard with the laying on thick there. Yeah. I, I'm i going to have to row back a little bit just so we can build, aren't we really? But yeah. genuinely, I didn't enjoy that at all. Any and of it. I'm not, not really, no. I don't think that it's very fun. Mm. The caveat, obviously, here is that I knew that I wasn't going to enjoy like a simulation, a racing simulation. So are you sort of hinting that you did enjoy it or parts of it? No, not at all. Oh, okay. So when when I said, what a pile of bullshit, you should have said, true. Well, I just think it was... To go in the top of the second half, just go straight in with the word bullshit <laughs> rather than building up to it. In truth, you didn't know what to say to bring us in, so I just no, went I for it. It's just left me a bit cold. I did have a nice high when we first started to play it because I managed to win my first race and I deliberately went in on manual transmission and I was really, really chuffed with that. And I thought, yes, I've got it. I've got my mojo. that I can do this game. And then I unpicked what I'd done and I was playing on easy mode I was playing with a really good car then I went into medium difficulty with a not good car and failed miserably so I went can you remember what your good car and your not good car was oh blimey it was the the good car was some sort of Nissan I think see we're making progress we are making progress it had four wheels I know that and then the not good car um was not a Nissan it was something else okay it's it's so in your in car world in chris's in chris's car world cars are nissans or not nissans pretty much that's the 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 venn diagram of cars yeah i i chose an aston martin for my first race but i can't remember for the life of me what the aston martin was i mean it was an aston martin but i don't know makes or, or sorry models i don't know models one model began with a V and one began with a C. I noticed that. Because when you were selecting cars, and this is like a, a real minor bug. Well, not even a bug. It's just more of a personal preference. I noticed that it didn't tell you how... I just run through the list of cars. It didn't tell you how far you were in the list. So you had to cycle until you kind of got back to the start. And because to me, cars all look the same, I didn't realise how yeah, far I was in the list. Do you, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I do know exactly what you mean. I hadn't noticed that m- myself, to be honest. But I didn't really go too deep in those particular menus because I wanted to get to the racing. And that is really what has made me come in so strong into the second half because I started off on the arcade area. So I did a quick race on the arcade and then I jumped into what I think would have been and should have been the meaty portion of the game, which was Gran Turismo. Before we talk about Gran Turismo, what actually even before the arcade mode the intro sequence looked amazing and we were both saying oh this this looks really good this this, this is on a playstation in 97 98 this this is amazing and it was completely didn't quite live up to that did advertising it? well not false advertising they clearly specked that right out oh, of the arse hadn't they like it was it so nice inch of its life exactly yeah so it was a little bit misleading thinking that we were going to be playing that but then i think all racing games have 
traditionally done that, and actually probably all games, to be yeah, honest. That's Tony fair. Tony Hawk's opens up with video of the skateboarders, and then you get into the game, and they're all like these janky polygonal monstrosities. Mm. So you know, height. To be fair, actually, I think I I enjoy the computer version of Tony Hawk's people more than I enjoy watching real skateboarders. So. Why is that? Maybe that's a bad example. Yeah, um, because everything's everything's um, a lot more bombastic and mm. over the top. So when you go up into the air, you don't just go a little bit up into the air like real skateboarders. You go super high, and it yeah. feels like you're flying, which is one of the things I like about the game. But we're not talking about that. We're talking we're about not. Gran Turismo, which I don't like. Okay. And so the arcade mode. What do you like about the arcade mode, if anything? Well, I can I touch on what I thought was bullshit. Uh, right. Because I was that's where I was going, and I feel like I've said I've come in on a real big hand, so much bullshit, and then I keep getting sidelined, uh, I keep getting sort of sidetracked on what actually is bullshit by right. talking about other things. Right, so I need to address it before before people um, think I'm talking bullshit about the bullshit. It was Gran Turismo. I started off with the arcade bit, and then I went into Gran Turismo, and Gran Turismo requires not optional or anything like that. It requires you to pass your driving license before you do any of the racing. So instead of being able to jump into a career, you have to pass your B-class license. Yeah, and then once you've passed that, there are then two subsequent licenses to pass to then unlock more bits of the that aspect of it. But I found, I don't know about you, you have this menu with all these car manufacturers and, and there's a thing that says click here to race. And it was so overwhelming. And actually, because none of it was applicable and so you could pass your license, it could have been designed so much more fluidly and more intuitively because it because I kept going into things thinking, oh, I could do this. Oh, no, I need my driving license. I could do this. Oh, no, I need my B-class driving license. And everything just hinged on having that B-class driving license. Yes. And it just, it was overwhelming and it was very not player friendly. Yeah, I think there are certain elements of it being 1997 or whatever, Mm. or 92, which is when this started, that they just didn't polish out of the of the end product. I had a quick look at Gran Turismo 2, which is another Gran Turismo that I haven't played, and that is far more polished, both in terms of like UI aspects and in terms of how you how you navigate things and how things are presented to you. And that was released in 1999, so just two, two years, afterwards. years afterwards. So yeah, so they had five years tinkering around with this, making sure making what they made, and then they took that and they polished it up in two years. So I mean, I'd say. That that is actually an argument for the game for Gran Turismo Two actually being the game they wanted to put out, or or maybe there was just a lot of learning that took place after they mm. published the first one because it it genuinely it felt faster. I, this one, even when you were in fast cars, felt slow, and the handling on a lot of them was quite janky or felt janky to me. But yeah, maybe it was just that I'm shit at. <laughs> the game. I really want to emphasise to people the license system. Chris has sort of given a bit of a description of everything being barred off from you, and it really is that bad. You can't do any of the career races. You can't do any of the. Can you even do any upgrades on your car or anything before you? You can buy a car from the off, but then you can't race that car because you need your B class driving license in order to race the car. You're given ten thousand credits and. I bought a second-hand Nissan, I think. I really went for Nissans in this. That cost just under 8000 which gave enough change to then buy a muffler. I had no idea what a muffler was, so I had to read the text accompanying that to understand what that was. Still don't know what a muffler is. Oh. I then had a car with a muffler. Great. Can't use it. So, mm. yeah, it, to go back to what you said, yes, you're right. The, all the options are there, but you can't do any of them because you've got to get this driving license. The B-class license thing, passing your license, isn't just a case of doing a reverse round a corner and a parallel park or anything like that. You have to go through this. I think there were six or seven or even eight. As useful as those skills would be to a, a racing game. Well, it's a license, isn't it? I didn't True. even know there was licensing in racing games so if that's true to life that's new to me i know that there's like oh well we won't get into that we'll focus on the game the b-class license the first thing was starting and stopping there was a second version of starting and stopping which is in a slightly well in a much faster car the starting and stopping you had to build up speed and then stop in a box in Mm -hmm. a checkered box after about a kilometer of driving the first one took too long for a start and also it doesn't really do a great job of explaining to you the stopping speeds or whatever you know like how how quick it is to to slow down and so you're left to sort of feel it out in the car and that resulted in me 
overshooting undershooting it was timed as well not doing it in the in the time that i had it was just very tedious and that was the first thing you had to pass for the license and then you also get when you pass you get a gold silver or bronze trophy for passing but you're not actually told what you've done in order to gain the you know i'm assuming you you've got within a a time parameter but you have no concept as to what that is so i got quite a few bronze i got a couple of silvers but mostly bronze i have no idea why i got them yeah i got one gold on one of them but oh, i couldn't well, tell you. you why i got a gold for it beyond possibly the time it progressed from there that b license and you had to learn how to learn i keep using the word learn but actually it wasn't teaching you anything so what you were just feeling your way around cornering so it put Mm. you in three different cars to try and corner what it didn't tell you was that each of those cars maybe maybe if you were like a car fanatic you'd know this and you know yeah if you were a car guy you'd know these things but it put you in one like a saloon car or an estate car or whatever the big long one Mm. it put you on one of those and asked you to do corners and in that car you just had to tap the brake in the second car, it was uh, what I figured out was that that car actually cornered better if you drifted around the corner using your, what do you call it? Handbrake. Your handbrake. And then the third car was a super fast car, like a supercar type. I keep saying car. I'm starting to hear car very strangely when I say it. You know, whenever when a word becomes alien to you because like you use it too much. Like a seagull. Yeah, like car. Like a crow I mean, or something. it might come across that way, yeah. Right. The third the third vehicle was a supercar and it was so sensitive when you used the handbrake that you had to go back to using the regular brake. So you progressed gradually through like there were three just turn round this one corner, then mm. there were two versions of go round an S bend, and then there was I think it culminated in a in a race. With each of those as well. If you went off the track, you then were failed and had to restart. Yep, it was annoying because all I wanted to do, I mean, largely for the purposes of sort of figuring out what I thought of the actual game, is I wanted to get stuck into the simulation, the racing. But also, particularly with that Gran Turismo thing, the career aspects of it, the fact that you're earning credits that you can then buy new cars with, uh, and new parts to your cars. I actually did want to get more stuck into that mm. than I than I ended up doing because this stupid B license set up. Because I managed to get my B class license and then went into the actual racing, which you did as well, to be fair. You know, it wasn't really worth the wait, but we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But the actual buying a car and tuning it up, I was really impressed by the amount of customization and options there were. It's yeah. like an RPG. There was, yeah, you could do this, you could do this. And it, obviously each, yeah. each aspect of it would have an impact real, not real life, but in the game. Like an actual impact on how how the car drove. Yeah, that's actually one of the aspects that I like in the game, in the racing games that I like. Because again, I want to really emphasise, I don't dislike racing games. I just much prefer non like the non-realistic arcadey uh, what i would call arcadey like the kart races which were ten a penny at this point Mm. in gaming and i think the crux of the conversation is that this game isn't aimed at us and therefore our enjoyment of this is limited because we're just not into this type of racing game then we talked about racing games that came out like you said around this time and you know other racing games on the playstation one like Crash Team Racing and Roll Cage both came out in 1999, a couple of years later. Micro Machines V3 came out the same year as this, and that is amazing. But obviously, by definition, Micro Machines, obviously realism is completely out the window. Yeah, exactly. But that that's what I was getting at. So, well, I, I don't know if I finished the the thought that I was go, driving towards, but My apologies. I preferred arcade games. And the ones that I really liked were the ones where you were able to tinker, tinker under the bonnet. So I mentioned Midnight Club. I know this is a little bit, uh, well, a lot later than that, but Midnight Club LA, you get to work your way up the cars like you do in this game, and you get to change out the engine bits and all that. More contemporaneous to this, slightly after actually, was Episode 1 Racer, Star Wars Episode oh, 1 yeah. Racer, which is the pod racing game. That would be 1999 to come out alongside Yeah, I think it was one. 99, yeah, so a couple of years after, but it, contemporaneous in particular with Gran Turismo 2. Yes. Certainly, I mean, two years, what's two years? is actually quite I, I say that two years in gaming can be quite a long time can't it um, yeah. in terms of movement forward but there's something to be said about it being on the nintendo 64 as well the mm. pod racer because it was much maligned the n64 but actually the racing games that stand out from that era largely and that people play now are largely off that console mario kart 64 yeah and pod racer pod racer just re-released recently well, we talked about and, and i'm going to say it mario kart on the snes 
better game than this. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that I said. So I had a Sega Master System, and we obviously had the Amstrad with Burning Rubber on it. Episode 6, episode six if you've not listened to it. Oh, look at you with your eidetic memory of all of our episode numbers. <laughs> Burning Rubber on the Amstrad, which shouldn't have been like that good but actually i i would have been disappointed to move from that to this personally even more so i was playing grand monaco grand prix on the master system not even monaco grand prix 2 which is the Ayrton Senna version of that game, which has got all the bells and whistles. Right. It was just Monaco Grand Prix. I would have preferred to play that. And that is a realistic, for the mass system, mm. um, Razor. I know it's not got any physics or anything, but it's a Formula One game is what I'm getting at. You said the Gran Turismo 2 did have like rally cars and, and other things built into it. Is that right? No, it had rally courses. Oh, um, okay. So like off-roady type things, I think it must have been. Right. So you had your on-road stuff and you also had off-road. Presumably that was to try and bat away Colin McRae, who was so, yeah. on the up and up at this moment in yeah. time as well. Sort of Again, to... another set of games that I never really got into. Tried. I played, I think it was the second Colin McRae at a friend's house, and it was really good. Much better than this. And, and realistic or arcade uh, Very arcade if I remember. So again, that'd be why I, I liked it. Mm. We've talked about the progressive gameplay, which we both felt was to the game's detriment as well. A couple of things I did like about it. Oh, let me just pick you up on that. I don't think it's the progressive gameplay thing. I don't think it's progression that is the problem. I think it is the... It's the fact it's gated. Yeah, the gating is just ridiculous. Like, I don't understand why you do that. If you look at the games that are really successful now, racing-wise, Forza Horizon stands up there as as like a, a beer moth, really. Mm. Um, and again, Burnout Paradise. And what they did was throw you out into a an open world and let you drive midnight club la did the same thing let you drive around the world at full pelt as fast as you can and pick up races here there and everywhere i think the open world suits racing games Mm. makes them even more enjoyable i know that that doesn't apply to gran turismo because it's track based stuff so yeah i do understand that but oh and also before i forget shout out to the car wash on the uh option screen as well because you can take your car for a wash even though it doesn't actually get dirty and washing the car apparently has no impact whatsoever but still costs 50 credits what is the point in that uh i kind of like that as like a little stupid easter egg right okay I can't. I do kind of like that. I think it's a fun thing to do once. You know, it, it's yeah. you're not going to carry on doing it. It's going to cost you fifty credits or whatever. But ridiculous. One thing I did like was the the replay aspect. So once you'd completed a race, it then race Sean Connery. Then once you completed a race, <laughs> you then had this option to watch it again, and it had those dynamic camera angles, and it was amazing. Yeah, you know, I had absolutely zero interest in watching it again whatsoever. But I think again for petrol heads, then that's that's quite nice. You know, see how you yeah. Did. The music was. Up my street, personally, uh, other people might not like it, but it, it's, it's also very of its time. This is very much 1997. A 90s so game. The intro sequence had a remix of a Mike Street Preacher song uh, remix by the Chemical Brothers, and then the mm. soundtrack itself has got Feeder, Ash, and Garbage. It doesn't have many other artists beyond those, but again, that's just from those three bands, you can tell that sort of like driving rock British driving rock it's going for there was also an accompanying album that came out of songs that weren't in the game and were just you know it was music inspired by Gran Turismo something like that and that was the rockier aspects of Britpop which is that's my sort of wheelhouse so that's pretty why I liked it personally well I said Britpop to you and you you no, told me the, that it wasn't the the because Britpop it, that's all like you know Oasis and Blur um, and whatever whereas, whereas this was it was Placebo feeder supergrass but rockier yeah, songs from I, those i find which... it i know that there's a distinction between what is on the game and and Britpop, but they are of their time and Britpop oh, completely was yeah I'm, I'm kind of agreeing what i don't know what they are no. outside of Britpop. you know like what are the manic street preachers if not part of that mo- movement or moment the same as like the Verve. The Verve aren't Britpop. No, I know they're not. No, but they were part of that pit, that moment. So both the Verve and Manix, I'd say, were British indie as opposed to Britpop. British indie. Do yeah. it, I I didn't know if they would qualify for indie because they were a bit too bit too mainstream. British or whatever, alternative. Maybe, but... Maybe, maybe Brit- yeah, maybe British alternative. But maybe now is not the time to debate that, eh? Maybe not, yeah. I'll, yeah, fair. I forgot what podcast we were doing. <laughs> not not this band where. Incidentally, just to just to bring it back round to being relevant. First off, Gran Turismo 2, the lead song on that is 
the Cardigans. Mm. Favourite game. Is it favourite game? Is it my favourite game? My favourite game, yeah. Losing my favourite? Oh, God. <laughs> well, it's, it is, I think it might be bracketed, <laughs> losing my favourite game. Some but, permutation like of those words. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's a, it's a genuinely good driving song mm. even if like me you just drive around in a toyota yaris if you're on the motorway you've got you got the cardigans on it's it's an all right it's yes. like the chain as well well uh, <laughs> yeah. fleetwood mac i really enjoy if you can hit the right piece of road when when the uh when that piece of music kicks in on yeah. in the chain it's very satisfying and that's as someone that doesn't particularly care about i'm an atb guy yeah. Uh, so yeah, there was that. But also the music that was the way that certain game or the way that certain genres integrated music in the in this era of PlayStation was of a kind to what was going on here. The things that spring to mind are the songs that came along with FIFA. They felt very much the same sort of wheelhouse. They were trying to do the same sort of thing as yeah. what uh, as Gran Turismo is doing here with its soundtrack. And I think that must have been something to do with the fact it was CD based mm-hmm. and there was audio. I know that there was a big hoo ha about audio being so brilliant on the on the PlayStation, and that's one of the reasons that you got lesser versions of of the same game on on the N64 because uh, they couldn't do things with audio oh, okay. on that that they could do on a on a CD format. That makes sense. And I wonder whether that's why that's we've got this proliferation of actual songs because they were taking advantage of the technology. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it makes sense. And I think it also feeds into the, as I've said, it, it's the the driving game and driving as a genre, but also the PlayStation's brand. It was that cutting edge, cool, which I think, yeah, you know, having this Chemical Brothers remix, I think it fits in alongside that perfectly. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So in the actual game, once we'd both got our licenses, we had a bit of racing, and in the races, the AI was terrible, wasn't it? Well, that was you. That's what you said. I, I don't. You, what was your reasoning behind thinking that? I just felt I was that? racing against a pack, and they, they just that I didn't feel that they were individually. There wasn't actual acting. human. Yeah, that they it just all felt very uniform, and and you also mentioned the rubber banding or lack thereof, making it. So as soon as you made one slip up, that was it. And yeah, which you found was quite annoying because you tried to quit oh, out of a race, didn't you? And then it'll come to qualify again. So before each race, you have to do a qualifier, which yeah, you know, I get. That's what people have to do in racing to understand where they are on the. That's on the what the racers line. have to do exactly. Yeah. But you now I'm just going to race. I did my qualifying race and it got gone to last place, but that's beside the point. And then on the actual race itself, I was on my second lap and messed up, so I went to exit um, because I was getting a bit cross. And then had to re-qualify, which I don't yeah. think is cool. No, there were a lot of little odd, horrible, shitty quirks. And that's why I said it was bullshit. This game feels like bullshit to me. Okay. And I'm sorry if you're a massive fan of it, but it does. Not you, Chris. I know you're not. You hate it. No. I'm. One day, I'm going to replay a game from my childhood that I hated, and I'm going to fall in love with it. But it, it didn't happen with Stargate, and it certainly hasn't happened with Gran Turismo. I don't think you should force it. No. It'll happen when it happens. That's fair. Although one thing to potentially look forward to, or maybe not in our case, is that Sony announced in 2013, although there's been no further talk about it, that they're going to release a Gran Turismo movie, which I can only assume will what plough the same furrow as the Fast and the Furious. How strange. What's Yeah, what a weird thing. Obviously, we've got Gran Turismo 7, is it? Is it 7? Coming out yes. next year? Yeah. Supposedly coming out next year, although aren't these games possibly after Gran Turismo, the first Gran Turismo and 2, aren't these games generally known? for being delayed weren't people waiting around for Gran Turismo 6 for forever I've got no, absolutely no idea okay well sorry <laughs> let's just pretend they are no it's fine um, I have, I'll, I'll say this I haven't played Gran Turismo 6 in a perverse way I kind of want to go and play Gran Turismo 6 well to see the evolution of the series yes yeah, yeah. one of the things that racers are I was going to say known for but I'm, I'm going to propose this as an idea that actually racers in the same way that sort of FIFA games or, or sports games with that iterative design process being front and centre and, and things getting polished up and, and refined as they go forward mm-hmm. they become more redundant than other mm-hmm. games so like we're playing PlayStation a PlayStation game from 1997 I could happily go back and play a lot of platformers from the 90s and they stand up head and shoulders with the best platformers if not if not be better than yeah. the best platformers of 2021 but racing games there is an evolution that happens and that evolution 
probably well i in fact i know it's had a very dramatic impact on the quality and the experience that you'd have so i i'd kind of like to give gran turismo a chance in terms of like we've judged it on its first game Mm. i'd like to see gran turismo 6 just out of a curiosity not that's completely fair i i agree with that as well i'm sure that i wouldn't enjoy it because it's not my (laughs) it's not made for me no it's just not made for me i'm not you said petrol head i'm not one of those i couldn't tell you i mean i know the pedals i know i know the phrase flappy paddle gearbox i used it while we were playing because i thought that using the buttons on on the manual transmission this was the one thing uh, that i thought was good about it when you use a manual transmission which wasn't very good by the way it wasn't fun but it does feel when you push in the buttons to shift up and down because it was the shoulder buttons it yeah. feels like operating a, a flappy paddle gearbox yeah, I've got no idea what that means. You don't know what that is. No. A flappy paddle gearbox is instead of having the uh, shift, instead of having the shift on a pedal, you've got these these paddles on your wheel, and you pull like the left one to shift down and the the right one to shift up. Isn't that what cars in like, the seventies had? Did they? I yeah. don't know. I'm sure my dad said that once that he had a, a gear stick that was like by his hand in one of his first cars or something well but... that's not a gear that's a gear stick isn't it oh, these are paddles flag. i mean this the name flappy paddle this, gearbox this shows my my lack of interest and enthusiasm for cars i half heard a story and i've half related it to what you've said and yeah. did one of our colleagues did they have a car that their grandparents had given them that they had to pull a it was like a really old-fashioned one where he had to pull out a button <laughs> like pull a pull a lever out of the dash so that it would go or something <laughs> And then push it back in like a like a lawnmower, like a chitty chitty bang bang, that yeah. sort of thing. Was that not was that not where we worked? Was that <laughs> not someone at our place? I don't think so. No. Oh, I think that even knowing that uh, this game isn't made for me, that there are people out there that it's made for, I still don't think I can recommend it. And I'm basing that on the fact uh, uh, on what we just said. Racing games have moved on so much. Uh, from where this is that it's not really i don't even feel like it's worth going back to no uh, you know like sometimes like we say if you are particularly interested in this type of game then you should play this but otherwise don't well i'm saying even if you like racing games in fact if you do like racing games probably avoid this get a new one i think it's if you're into racing games i think it's interesting perhaps to see one of the genres you know, earliest successes. You know, the fact that it's on 11 million copies worldwide, it's, it's going to be doing something right. However, I completely agree with what Ashley said, that there's been so much better done in the 20 plus years since this came out that it's probably best just not to bother with, really. I, I agree. Well, obviously, because you're saying you agree with me. So there you go. Uh, what am I talking about? The only bend that I want to see this game go round is the U-bend. Nice. That is my verdict on this. I think it's I think it's rubbish. I hated it. On that note, if you are enjoying what we're doing, you can find us on various other social medias like uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Instagram. And I remembered them all this time. So that's good. The other thing that you might like to do for us, and it would be a favour to us really, would be to leave a review or to share this with somebody that you know, especially if you think that they'd be interested in this game or any other games. Maybe not this game, because obviously we've uh, we've said that it's it's, uh, it's not that good so um yeah maybe save that for somebody else but what i'm saying is short version share this review this like this subscribe to this whatever it is that your service offers do it just do all the things you can to you know give us some feedback show us that. that you love us and we'll see you next week bye bye and wave again ashley i did wave again